Greetings and welcome to Live Your Song. My name is Cheyenne Kramer and I'll be your host for the Live Your Song show. If you've never heard of the concept of living your song, let me give you just a snapshot of what I mean by this. Living your song is all about the song in your heart that has been there your whole life. And if you get to a place of starting to look for that song, understand what that song is all about, and perhaps even be able to think about building a business around that song, you will be helping to contribute to a greater level of peace and prosperity for everyone on the planet. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, have you got a heart song? I'm here to tell you that truly believe everyone on the planet is born with one. If you happen to believe in the idea that God is a creator and that we were all made in the image and likeness of God, then we must be creators too. And whatever kind of creation that we bring about on the planet, that's our gift back to him for the gifts and talents that he gave to us. So think about those things. I've got a long background in working with people who have been stuck in career transition. And some of them get what I call flat forehead syndrome, where they keep banging their head on a brick wall and not being able to find their way to their next job. And it's a sad situation when you watch people go through this. But here's what I found. The people who tend to find their way to me most often have a song in their heart, and it's demanding to be found. And when they take the time to figure out what that is and to do something with it, all of a sudden, everything else kind of falls into place for them, and they start to be able to move forward with their income-producing activities again. So if that resonates with any of you listening to this show today, you're going to want to hang around and just understand a little bit more about what this whole concept of living your song is all about. Why are so few people in this day and age living their song? I have about 10 years of experience of really taking a look at this, and I definitely have seen some trends that are worth noting. For one, many of the systems that we live in are teaching us not to listen to that song in our heart. It's a sad situation, and especially when we have so many young people out here today who are very creative people, and they hear that heart song. They feel it. They know there's something more that they need to be doing. But if the systems they're living within are not allowing them to pursue it, is it any wonder that some of our young people become extremely depressed, become extremely frustrated, some even become extremely angry. Adults have kind of gotten to a place of learning not to listen to what's in their heart. But today, I'm seeing more and more people feeling that calling, so to speak, to move back in that direction and do something with it. 
which is a beautiful thing. Here's another reason why so few people are living their song. There is been a myth created that only some people can. I don't care whether we're talking about living your song or whether we're talking about creating a business, because I think they actually should go together in many cases. But people in general have been taught that only a few people have the money or the know-how to be able to succeed in business. And I'm here to tell you that I think it's all a bunch of baloney. I have seen people be able to start a business with very little money and succeed. I have seen people who have not ever stepped foot on a college campus who have started businesses and succeeded. So we need to dump that myth that has been dumped on us and recognize that we have, many more of us have the ability to build business and to be able to do something productive to help our communities all at the same time. Another reason so few live their song is because, my goodness, we don't know what it is. Everything, again, in our environment, from our jobs to our education system to everything, is all about don't be a dreamer. Don't sit and imagine. Don't be a daydreamer. You know, we've got to be logical. You've got to be realistic. You've got to look at what's right in front of you and forget about all these big ideas that you may have. That is one of the saddest things in the world because it's created a population of people who were born to create and they've been told not to. That is happening on a large scale, and I see it in all ages. I see it across all populations. It doesn't matter what your income level is, what your religion is, what your race is. People all over the planet are feeling frustrated because they know they have a song in their heart, and they have not been able to give themselves permission to pursue it just because of the way they've been trained. And that is the final piece of the puzzle. We haven't given ourselves permission to pursue, to understand, to find our song, to sing it, to ultimately live it. I used to just talk about find your song and sing it. And many people would go on the quest for finding their song. But so few ever engage in getting to a place of living it. And that's what this show is all about. It's helping you to build the awareness of what I'm talking about, the awareness of why it's important, the awareness of what's stopping us. But then there will be shows where I'm giving you action steps. I'm giving you actual clues on how to go about activating your song. And as we build a movement of people who are working together to live their song, you will see that we will start to find more and more pockets of peace and more and more pockets of prosperity on the planet, which I don't know anybody in my circle of influence that wouldn't like to see a little more peace and prosperity at this moment in time. Just to give you a little bit more background about myself and where I've been, especially in the last decade, 
I actually um, did have the opportunity to go straight out of high school into an apprenticeship program with a manufacturing company. There are far too few apprenticeship programs out there at this point in time, and I find that to be an extremely sad situation. So many of our young people prefer to learn hands-on, and that's what apprenticeships are supposed to be all about, internships, things of that nature. Learn while you earn is one of the most powerful things that we could do at any given time. So I went through apprenticeship. I did, after that apprenticeship, go on to college. I did work in corporate America for a fair amount of time, but after going through a series of layoffs, I made the decision that I was tired of corporate America ruling my life, and I decided I wanted to take more control of my life. I've become much more entrepreneurial in the last 20 years, and in the last 10 years, after a series of events that kind of put my husband and I in some difficult situations, I realized that part of what I needed to do was to understand some of the communities that I had never been exposed to and I had never lived in. And I've had the opportunity to be able to teach through our local community college. And in that teaching, I have been able to get out and work with teens. I have been able to work with um, people who have just come through uh, incarceration. I have been able to work in homeless shelters. I have been able to work with a wide variety of people who have found in their path some major difficulties where they are not earning income and they are not self-sustaining at this point in time. So it's, it's amazing that some of the feedback I've gotten from people has been along the lines of, you know, why didn't they teach us more about entrepreneurship in high school? Some have even told me I would have not dropped out of high school if it had been there. I've had people tell me that um, they know business can be simple. It doesn't have to be as difficult as what people make it. I've had some wonderful stories told to me about how simple business can change somebody's life. I've had people, as I've explained things about things like network marketing type businesses, and I've had people from the formerly incarcerated community jump up and down in my class and say, you mean there's a legal way to use my skills? And I say, yes, your natural skills and abilities can be used in a legal way and you could prosper without ever having to look back over your shoulder again to wonder if somebody's coming after you that you have to worry about being arrested. So there are lots and lots of opportunities out here to be able to lift more people up. And that's part of what we're hoping that this show will do is to help encourage more people to find that song in their heart and put it to work because that is the key to peace and prosperity on the planet. So I'm very fortunate today that I was able to get um, my, my very first guest to sit still for a few minutes today and share his story with us. And I'm so grateful that he is a huge part of my life. It happens to be my better half. It happens to be my husband, Donald Kramer. 
and it's it's been an amazing life uh with him we we've been married well over 34 years and i've gotten to see so much of him grow and change in so many ways um but rather than me getting too far down that path i'm going to let him kind of jump on the line here and start to share a little bit of his story with you because he is a wonderful example of somebody who's taken the steps necessary to live their song. So you still out there on the line with me, dear hubby? Yes, I am, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you. So please, tell tell our listeners, just uh, tell them a little bit about your background, your history, and especially a little bit about your childhood, just so they can get a sense of uh, of what you grew up in. Well, let me start out saying that I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I actually grew up in a government projects in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, my parents were never really educated. Uh, they didn't finish high school. And wow. I did go to school. I finished high school. But it was hard because it was boring. Mm-hmm. This, this didn't uh, excite me any. So I did pass. I got you know, through high school. I actually started college, tried college, and it was just even more boring. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm a different type of person. <laughs> Some people love school, and that's great. Believe me, I'm not... Don't have anything against anybody going to college, but what do you? What was the hardest thing about school for you? I mean, what? How would you have preferred to have been learning rather than the way that they were teaching you? Well, I guess I'm more a hands-on type of person. You know, mm-hmm. Learn by doing something, mm-hmm. and that's not for everybody either. But there's a lot of people out here. They could learn quicker, learn more, but actually having someone show hands-on to learning. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're kind of a creative guy, too, wouldn't you say? You have to be in the business I've been in and things I've done. But that's something that wasn't, and still today is not allowed to be a creative person in school. That's a fact. That's a fact. And basically what I did after I got out of school, I actually joined the Marine Corps. Which I'm very happy I did. First of all, you learn discipline. They teach you discipline in in service, all services. Uh, And the Marines, one of the things they do teach you is to think. Well, you you know, they don't really teach you to think. They give you permission to think. Everybody can think and be creative. They give you permission to think and be creative. I almost think they demand it, don't they? <laughs> they do demand it. And outside of discipline, I actually had some, well, great training in schools that they have. Mm-hmm. I be- actually learned how to work on an airplane. That's amazing. There you have to know what you're doing. So it was hands-on training. Mm-hmm. Learn how to do it. Plus, I was lucky enough to fly in those airplanes. So, you know I want to do my job right. <laughs> my For life sure. is online. <laughs> and the planes I'm talking about were two-seaters. 
And so there's two of you in that plane. So you know if you're there, you want to make sure that plane is working like it's supposed to. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There was there was some real uh, motivation to, to do well right there. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, and, you know, I, I mentioned uh, earlier that apprenticeships, are so important in today's day and age, and yet there's so few places where especially our young people can get that kind of hands-on learning. I mean, I was fortunate to get it from the manufacturing company I worked for, and it sounds like the Marine Corps gave you uh, an incredible hands-on learning opportunity. You actually got to earn while you learned, and then talk about the – you mentioned the discipline, but just in terms of learning a little bit more about who you are, how did they make you think differently about you as an individual? Well, one of the things that instill in you is that you are the best. Be all you can be. I know the Army likes to say that, but a lot of services do that. And mm-hmm. all the military, they teach you how to be the best you can be. I personally just think the Marines are the best, <laughs> and they do train you to be the best. Exactly. And everybody should be trained to be the best. Take responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't expect the government or anybody to take care of yourself. You have a buddy system in the Marine Corps, and you depend on your buddies. You work together. They got your back. You got their back. Nobody left behind, right? Nobody, they, you do not leave a Marine behind. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's such a wonderful philosophy because, you know, today it seems like people are are so much in competition with each other and right. there's so mm-hmm. many things where, you know, people aren't, they, they're not taking the time to have each other's back in a lot of cases. So, you know, it sounds like, and I, this is not meant to be a commercial for the Marine Corps. I just want to make sure okay. everybody understands that. But at the same time, what I want you to understand is it it seems to me that one of the last true apprenticeship programs we have in the country is in our military. And what I'm saying is let's use the military as an example of what everybody needs to be doing out here in terms of training our young people uh, in a hands-on manner to do work. And that includes mentoring young people and creating apprenticeships where they can get hands-on and understand how to do it. So that's that's why I'm, I'm focusing here. And what I love about the Marine Corps is that it is very much about helping you to build a mindset of how great you are and being the best you absolutely can be and how, how – just – just um, your opinion there. I mean, how important is your mindset as you actually think about creating business? Well, my mindset when I started my office equipment business was I'm not going to fail. I'm mm. going to grow. It's going to be a very profitable business, which it turned mm-hmm. out to be a very profitable business. That's the thing. You have to have that mindset of you're going to succeed. People need that mindset. They do. I didn't want to have that mindset in rink or I wouldn't be here today probably. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. That is probably true. 
So, you know, after the Marines, I know that you worked in corporate America for a while, and that's where you were able to take your uh, electromechanical skill sets that you learned in the Marine Corps. You were able to transfer them into corporate work um, where you you worked on on uh, defense systems for one company, and then you got into working on office equipment. But what made you decide to start your own business? Well, I got tired of making everybody else a lot of money. <laughs> That's what you do when you work for somebody else. You make someone else rich. Why not make that money for yourself? Absolutely. That's as simple as you can get. <laughs> it is. It is. And so, um, you know, in terms of skills to be able to do that, because I know that nobody really took you under their wing and helped you to build those skills. Um, how did you – you already had the electromechanical skills. How did you acquire the sales skills? Well, sales is not rocket science, first of all. How do you want to be treated? That's how you treat everybody else. If you treat people like you want to be treated, it's a lot easier in the world. You know, there's going to be some people that are going to be negative all the time, but that can't bring you down. And basically, asking questions in sales. For example, when I was trying to sell a copier, I always ask, what do you want for that machine? And the people give me a nice long list. The next mm-hmm. question, I, what do you really need? <laughs> and you find out the list is half as long. <laughs> Bad sales is taking that list, what they want, and selling something they really don't need. Good sales is when you find out what they really want and sell what they want. Not all the unnecessary things. Right, right. So you actually came to understand that the whole sales process was really about being a good interviewer and being able to pull together the data and then being able to provide a value-added solution. Is that a good way to put it? That is correct. Exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Anybody mm-hmm. can do it. Like I say, it's not rocket science. <laughs> Right, right. But I I do know that one of the things that I always considered to be different about how you did office equipment versus a lot of other companies out there was that you were putting the customer first. You weren't trying to see how much money you could get out of the customer. You were really trying to serve them, right? Right. Service, a lot of the companies, especially in office equipment, is 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. I provided service after five on weekends and even on holidays if it was, you know, necessary. Mm-hmm. And I I did that, and a lot of people love that. A lot of businesses love having someone who will come out at six, seven, eight, nine o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. on a Sunday or on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nobody was offering that service when I started offering that service. That is true. That is true. And that's how you kind of built your niche and then um, were able to expand on it from there. So you found an unfilled need and you filled it and you also kept the customer in mind and did your best to serve them instead of just trying to 
weasel as much money out of them as you possibly could. That all sounds like good, honest, ethical business to me. That's true. I uh, If I was saving money on something like the price of a machine, I'd pass some savings on to the customer. Mm-hmm. And we did that in service. I was able to keep my service rates at a very reasonable rate because I wasn't out to gouge the customer. Well, and also because you had low overhead. You were operating True. out of our home instead of having a huge storefront somewhere. I had a large garage that I worked out of that could do everything as a rented area in Raleigh which that would cost me a lot more money, meaning my rates would be more to cover that cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, and we've only got a few minutes left here. My goodness, a half hour goes by quickly. But please tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing now that really does seem to be your heart song, and why is it important to you? Well, my background, of course, was not very well off. And I see kids today, young people and adults, where they're really hurting. They need help to learn how to become a successful business owner. The best way to get out of a rut is start a business. Now, they have to know what they love to do. When they find out what they really love to do, they can start a business. I love helping people start that business. Learn how to, you know, run a business. And I always tell them, would you like to go work in a not for somebody else and make them money? Or would you like to work for yourself and, and keep that money? There's nothing wrong with taking a job to learn something. If you know something you want to do, get a job in that business. Learn everything. That's what I did with office equipment. I worked different companies, worked different places. Learn the business in and out so I could go out and start my own business and be successful. And one business when I was doing copiers, I won the salesperson of the Muff Award for selling <laughs> machines. I beat out all the salespeople. You were a technician. <laughs> and I was, you know, a service technician. Uh, they had fancy words, oh, you're a field engineer. No, I was a sell. I was a technician, but I knew how to sell. And the funny part about it, they had just hired a new salesperson. And he followed me around like a lost puppy. <laughs> Amazing. I told him I wasn't going to sell them. I'm going to be doing a lot of, you know, fixing machines. <laughs> That's amazing. So now, so now you basically have come full circle and you're paying it forward to help uh, a lot of young people and some adults as well to, to start True. to get that hands-on opportunity to learn about business, learn about entrepreneurship. What do you like best about doing that? Well, I like working with these kids, 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 <laughs> because a lot of times some of the kids we work with, the schools already said, well, they're not going to be anybody. They're not mm-hmm. going to amount to anything. But then you find out and you talk to them, actually talk to them, and you find out how smart these kids are. They're not dummies. In fact, I will tell you right now, at, when I was their age, they are a lot smarter than I was. Okay? Wow. They know what they want. They just need the right direction, and they're not getting it in schools today. That's it. That's it. And you can I see I get very passionate about it. <laughs> yes, you do. 
your voice went up quite a bit right there, so I do get that. And that's what I'm talking about. That's when you know that you are living in your heart song is when you get excited and passionate about something like that. So thank you. You you gave me the perfect ending to this show. Um, And I appreciate you being here. I appreciate uh, your story and sharing it with everybody. And uh, I appreciate all our listeners today. I hope that you kind of start to get a sense of what this Live Your Song concept is all about. I look forward to being here uh, some more in the future and sharing more with you. If you'd like to learn more about the stories of some of the people that we've been working with over the past decade, you can find my book on Amazon.com. It's called Building the New Underground Railroad, The Playbook. And again, my name is Cheyenne Kramer. You can find that out there. So we're going to say thanks so much for listening, and we're going to close this out for today. And uh, you got a final word there, dear? Well, I always tell young people, you want to go out and make someone else rich, you go ahead. But I'd rather make myself rich. That's what I want to do. Find that song, not someone else's song, your song, and go for it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys soon. Take care.